Barbecue Central Show, let's go. The number one barbecue show on the low. Your host, Greg Rampey, the grilling master, spreading the info, getting to you faster, asking tough questions and having a blast. The Barbecue Central Show is here at last. The best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Today's episode from June 26, 2012. They call her Diva Q, talk general barbecue, and a little bit about her time on season two of the Barbecue Pitmasters. We're going to get to Danielle in just a minute, but before we do that, let's check in with Sam the Cooking Guy on a tasty sounding chorizo sandwich. The best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. And I had this chorizo sausage sandwich. And I imagine that the that the sandwich would come out with chorizo like in a in a hot dog shape because it's said sausage. And it wasn't. What it, I mean, if you just take Mexican chorizo. And put it in a pan with nothing else. Mm-hmm. No butter, no oil, because it has enough fat in it. Right. And, and brown it. And it starts off pretty red. It's a little difficult to tell when it's done, because it doesn't, it doesn't go from, like, red to gray like uh, ground beef does. It just goes from, like, red to slightly darker red. But you take that and you put it in the bottom of a lightly toasted, you know, Torta roll, if you could get a Mexican one, or a ciabatta roll, something with a good grain to it, nice chewy kind of roll. So you've got this cooked chorizo on the bottom. Then you sprinkle Monterey Jack, shredded Monterey Jack cheese over top, Mm. and throw that under the broiler. So it melts the cheese, and at the same time, it starts to toast the top that you've not put on yet. Mm -hmm. You take that out of the oven... And then you put guacamole, just a very simple guacamole, nothing really more than avocado, some fresh lime juice, and some salt mixed into guacamole shape. You put that on the top bun. The top bun with the guacamole goes on top of the melted cheese and the chorizo. Squish down, slice in half, and eat. And I'm telling you, (laughs) if you go to the samlivecast.com page, Look at the picture of the sandwich. You will run out and buy chorizo right now. It looks so amazing. And it tastes, honestly, better than it looks great. Is And I'm thinking one, two, three, four, like five or six ingredients. Is, is chorizo an item that you would find that the majority of the consuming public isn't really aware of, or is that like a regional thing? Because that, that's not like uh, one of the first things that like comes to my mind for stuff that I would want to eat tonight for dinner. Okay, so so number one, it, it should be. Uh, number two, definitely in this part of the country, where from you know downtown San Diego, you're you're literally no more than twenty minutes, depending on the traffic from the Mexican border. So we have great Mexican food here. Correct. Chorizo is, and I, when I say chorizo, just know that I'm talking about Mexican chorizo 
as opposed to Spanish chorizo. Spanish chorizo comes out like like salami or it's you know like a cured sausage. Mexican chorizo comes out it's like a it, like a it's ground pork, but it's it's flavored with spices and it's so darn good you can't believe it. So if you're not familiar with it, I would say become familiar with it. It's a staple in my house. I'll buy it even if I have no plan to cook it, knowing that it keeps a while and that it's going to get used in eggs, uh, on a pizza, now in a sandwich. I make a chorizo cream that I put on top of enchiladas that would it blow your mind. It's, it's just so good. And chorizo cream, whipping cream and chorizo, that's it. Two ingredients. Mm. And you cook it, and we'll talk about that another time, but... Yeah, I think people should know about that. You know, you would mentioned that chorizo is like a staple in the house. And one of the yeah. other things that I've kind of noticed is I've, you know, kind of gone back through the archives of the show and kind of learned a little bit about yeah. you is the fact that, you know, if given your druthers and you were given a task to cook something, there, there's probably a pretty good chance you might put some kind of an Asian spin on it. Is that yeah, just absolutely. is that a taste that you have just kind of come to love and you always want to somehow incorporated into something or were you like a big oriental food eater when you were growing up where does that come from uh well i'm from vancouver canada originally and vancouver has you know arguably the first or second largest uh chinese population outside of china i mean like new york san francisco vancouver i'm not sure how they spread out Condé Nast Traveler magazine a year and a half ago said that Vancouver had the best Chinese food in the world. Not North America, not uh, anywhere outside of China, in the world. And it's unbelievable. So I grew up with a lot of Chinese food. And the fact that I had a couple of very pretty Chinese girlfriends when I grew up didn't hurt. I mean, we ate a lot of, you know, dim sum and all kinds of great stuff. So that being said, I've always had a particular um, uh, sweet spot for Chinese and now Japanese, Japanese food that's grown uh, very important for me in the past few years. In fact, we went last night and had three couples, a great, great Japanese restaurant, like super authentic, very sort of family style kind of food that was that was really delicious if i can throw a little bit of that in in my cooking i'm happy to do that i like to vary what i do i don't like to just only do one type of food i just find it more interesting it's like why i like a buffet because there's you know there's the fresh stuff there's the cooked stuff there's the pastas and 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 i would argue that most restaurants that offer a buffet don't do anything particularly well, but I like the variety. That's what I like. As they say, and I like the variety. Variety is the spice of life. It's well, nicely put, my friend. Of course. All right, so let's do this. Uh, we'll catch up here in the next day or two and iron out Skype all together because we want to see implements that you have. Plus, we want to see you in, in video. And uh, and then we'll pick a date where we can get you back on it again. I apologize here for the technical difficulty. So uh, uh, you don't have to apologize. You know what I like? Here's what I like about us. I like that you help bring the barbecue world that we are not so familiar with here to light on my show, and hopefully I can help bring things that maybe you guys 
aren't that familiar with to light on on your show. Absolutely. And just because, just because there's a barbecue central radio show behind you on the wall doesn't mean it has to con- always be all things barbecue. And I can talk barbecue, but in a different way than you want, than you might, you know? Yep, absolutely. That's why, uh, you know, the reciprocation is great and I enjoy being on your show too. So, uh, I, I will get in touch with you and uh, we'll iron out Skype and then uh, we'll get you back up here on the show. Appreciate you taking the time tonight. Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. Helping me close the show tonight is the pit master of what many consider to be the top team in Canada. She competes in both countries, here and in Canada. You may have seen her on TV in any number of venues, one of which we'll be covering tonight, that being Barbecue Pitmasters this past Sunday. Here to break it down for us is the head cook of the DivaQ barbecue team. We race over to the hotline. We'll go ahead and grab Danielle Domofsky from DivaQ. Danielle, how are you? I'm good. Thanks very much. Good. Thank you for making time for me tonight, Danielle. Always uh, a pleasure to have you on the show. Let me ask you about pork just for a second because uh, Scott and uh, Becky Holmes were on the first hour and they were talking about how they're struggling with pork. As I look and I talk to some of the pitmasters this year especially, and I'm talking to people that are finishing one-two. You know, I'm not hobnobbing with the, the lower, you know, two-thirds. They're, they're coming in first, second, third, fourth in three categories, and then pork tumbles like out of the middle of nowhere, 23rd or 25th. Is there any type of a trend that you are able to pinpoint where a flavor profile is starting to differ or, or the judges are looking for something different or it just, just happens to be kind of a, a coincidence? I think it's a coincidence. I think there's um, – in, in competition barbecue, I really do believe that there is – there are two boxes that you have the most creativity available to you, and I believe that's the chicken box and the pork box. Uh, brisket slices typically look very consistent from one box to another. I mean, you might put them on an angle or, or a little bit different, but out of all of the, um, out of all of the four categories, those two categories uh, you could have the most creativity with. The flavor profile, you know what? I still will always do a sweet heat. I, I, I like a sweet heat. I don't like very much sauce. Um, so I, I personally go very light on sauce. I, you know, I, I got to give props to, you know, trust in my butcher. I use butcher's barbecue products consistently, have done for, for many years now, and they've done very well with me. Um, other than that, you know what? It is what it is. My, my pork's dropped a little bit this year in the last few contests. We're going into... Uh, I think our sixth or seventh contest this weekend, and it's dropped a little bit, and I don't know why. Um, so, you know, we are always going back uh, on the Monday or the Sunday drive home and trying to analyze it a little bit, and we just keep trying to make it better. You know, every day, you know, it's like the Jack Daniels slogan, you know, every day we go out, we will make it the best we can, and that's all we can do. Um, Dave Bosca kind of reminded me, and I was going to ask you about it anyway because we're talking about pork. Uh, you were the world champion of pork at the Jack Daniels last year. Is that the same yeah. recipe that you're using right now, or do you change it up a little bit when you go down to the Jack, considering the, the, the palette of judges that you have down there? I think, well, you know what? The Jack was a really great win for us, but we had already had six first places prior to that, prior to the Jack as well. Um, I think that you have to take every contest and take a look at 
what the judging pool is. I think it's very important. I learned that in a few classes, you know. One of the things I, I learned was that, you know, if you can find out what kind of judges they are, you, you really need to do that and take that opportunity. If they are brand spanking new judges, you well, you need to adjust accordingly. If they are long-term established judges, uh, adjust accordingly. If the ages of the judges are older, adjust accordingly. I'm not going to tell you how I adjust, but I'm going to tell you, you need to pay attention. All right, so fair enough. Now, let's go ahead and transition over to the main purpose of tonight, which is this uh, Pitmaster show. Uh, you were on this past weekend, as I alluded to. You won this particular episode. You kind of have a great perspective regarding seasons, really, since you were on season two as well. Uh, is it safe to assume or for me to say that you liked, I guess, this iteration of the show as compared to season two or not necessarily? Well, here's the thing. At the end of the day, this is what I believe. I believe that you should be able to cook anything. If you're going to be narcissistic enough, and I am, to call yourself a pit master, then you should be able to competently cook everything. And that's truly what I believe. No I matter think what? you need to be able to do it. No, no matter, matter what. what. All right. It is what it is. You know, you just have to deal with it. And if somebody hands you alligator, then you damn well better be able to cook it. And if somebody hands you a pork butt, then you better be able to cook it. You just do your best. I'm diverging here off of my outline, but what are you cooking on these days? Do you still have the Traegers and all that stuff, or are you cooking on other items oh, I at this love, point? You know, oh, I love my assortment of grills. And, you know, I get laughed at quite often that, you know, here she is, and she brings, like, everything in the kitchen sink. And, and they're probably <laughs> accurate. I do. I like versatility. I'm a big fan of both charcoal and pellets. I am a combo cooker. I have yet to find a grill that satisfies all of my needs. So I love Traegers. So I love pellet grills in general. Um, you know, I've, I've had lots of great experiences working on Fast Eddies as well. Um, I, I love charcoal as well. So I use charcoal cookers. I mean, I have an Onyx oven that I just absolutely adore. I have an old stainless steel Weber kettle, uh, or sorry, Weber performer that I absolutely adore. And I own three WSMs as well. I'm a combo cooker. I don't just use pellets. All right, uh, Danielle Domofsky joining me here on the show, dvq.ca, her website. So, look, I mean, that kind of opens up uh, to everybody that's on TV, and I can ask you since I have you on the Skype here, when you're on TV, you know, obviously you're opening yourself up to the court of popular opinion. Everyone's going to have a take. You know, do you actively search out stuff that's written about you or, or reviews? Do you not really pay it any attention? Do you just kind of roll off the back? I mean, I, I know personally the, the, the skin is thick when it comes to DVQ, but – I mean, look, if you're putting yourself out there, people are going to have an opinion, and some people aren't going to be ashamed to let you have it. H how do you deal with it? Do you care? Do you not care? What's the deal? Well, here's the thing. You can't be naive going into these things. You know, it's really laid out for you. There is nothing hidden. They can uh, edit you in any capacity whatsoever. They clearly state that in the contract that you have to sign acknowledge and then have another meeting with a lawyer to make sure you completely understand it. You know, I have Google alerts set up on Diva Q and Danielle Domovsky. I got people calling me an absolute foul mouth biatch and a few other words that I really even, even on internet radio do not want to repeat. At the end of the day, the people that know me, my friends and my family are the ones that are important to me. I know what I am. I know who I am and I'm, totally comfortable with it. I am a very loud, overbearing, 
larger-than-life barbecue chick who doesn't have any hesitation to state what I think. At the end of the day, I know that. It is what it is. You just have to, you know, grow some stones and deal with it. Right. So I, I dig into uh, Meathead's article a little bit, give you a little uh, back-and-forth opportunity here. He writes, uh, she, referring to you, and she has a big personality. If the producers were looking for a villain, Diva was more than willing to fill the role right down to the black hat, black stretch pants, black shirt, black apron. It's not like uh, black has not been your color for at least uh, the eight years I've ever known you. That's all I've ever seen you wear. Uh, so the question that begs is, were you looking to, to fill or, or build any type of villain heel persona while you were on the show? No, and in the, here let me let me put it in a, in a context which which I think is kind of interesting. But like you said, Greg, I've been wearing black. Like black. Listen, the only reason I wear black is because number one, I have a really wide ass. Okay, I have a really wide ass. I have big ass hip, big hips. I have a big woman. Okay, they say black <laughs> is slim. I don't know. It is. It is what I wear every single day. It's like my barbecue uniform. That's been for years now. That is not new. So thank you for alluding to that fact that that is not a new thing at all. Uh, the second part is is that I am a tough chick. Um, I'm a tough chick when I need to be tough, and I'm very direct. And that comes off as being extraordinarily overbearing and bitchy. However, if a guy was doing that, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You just say, oh, that's a tough dude. That's it. So as for setting out to be a villain, no, I'm not a villain. But I am a tough chick when I need to be. And I was extraordinarily focused and very much on point for what I needed to accomplish. Um, and that's that's it. You know, it's not about being a villain. I am who I am. OK, you wind me that up for a contest that I have already lost once before and, and been extraordinarily embarrassed to lose um, and give me another chance. And you know what? I am going to be probably stressed to the nines, which I was very focused, very determined. And I got to tell you, as things went wrong, Bitchy as hell. <laughs> All right. Well, and here's, if, 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 if I didn't admit that, I'd be a hypocrite. So, you know what? I'd actually like to stay with my own personal level of integrity and say, you know what? Those are the words that came out of my mouth. Now, they came out of my mouth over the course of a seven, eight hour period. However, we're edited into 44, 45 minutes. It is what it is. It still came out of my mouth. So you can either own it or you can lie. And I'm going to, like, own up and say, yeah, those things came out of my mouth. It is what it is. And there you go. It is what it is. The candor of DivaQ is impeccable. I appreciate her candor. Definitely one of my favorite barbecue personalities, hands down. Can't wait to give that sandwich that Sam talked about a try. Sounds delicious to me. I'll be cranking that up pretty soon. If you want to get the rest of this episode, head on over to thebbqcentralshow.com. There's a search box there. Type in DivaQ. Type in Sam the Cooking Guy. Type in anything else you might want to find an episode on. While you're there, hit the subscribe tab. Never miss an episode of the Barbecue Central Show again via podcast or this show either. Until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Moments of the Barbecue Central Show In ten minutes or less Come on, let's go